Hey, 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 it's Natasha. And Khalil Nurse. And we are the co-hosts of Woke and Free. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to our 17th episode of Woken Free. If you've been tuning in every week for Woken Free Wednesdays, you know that Woken Free is all about being real and honest with each other and with you. And we talk about everything and anything that's important to us, to you, and the world. And of course, nothing is off the table. Now in this episode, we are talking all about feelings, whether we're in control of them, what the hell they are, what are most popular ones, everything and anything you can think about when it comes to feelings, right? And before we dive into this very um, emotional episode, (laughs) there's a couple of ground rules that we have to cover. First, have you subscribed to Woken Free on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, or iHeartRadio? If not, again, shame on you. Um, but no, seriously, uh, you know, subscribe to our channel on all of those platforms. We love your support and we greatly appreciate it. And we greatly appreciate you joining the conversation every week. So please, please, please do so. Also share the episode of each of one of you share it with five other people and they do the same. That's how you have very popular content guys. (laughs) So please do, please do so. And also make sure that you talk to us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Woken Free. Each week, we like to share a little bit about us before we dive into the topic for the episode. Last week, we played a game where we share two truths and one lie. I hope you had a chance to share your thoughts. If you haven't, go to WokenFree.com and you could share there what you think is the lie and what you think are the truths. You could also respond on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter to share your answers. This week, we are sharing tips on what to do with gifts you do not want. Ooh, I really like that topic. So because it is the holiday season, I think there are a couple of things that come to mind for me, at least when when I get a gift I don't like. Now, granted, I love all gifts because I think that that's really sweet that someone took the time to get you something. I think that's awesome. But, you know, maybe the person getting you the gift didn't necessarily get you what you wanted or what you would have, uh, I don't know, could have used. So uh, a couple of things. First, if they gave you a gift receipt, that's totally awesome because you can return that sucker and get good old green cash. So that's one tip. Uh, Second, sharing is caring, as my dear husband likes to say. So give the gift that keeps giving. If you get something that you don't necessarily want, give it to someone else. (laughs) And keep that cycle going. (laughs) And then third, because it is the season to give, you should always remember to give to uh, charities, right? That you donate to. And uh, maybe someone else out there in the world could really benefit from this gift. So those are my uh, tips. What do you think, Khalil? The best thing to do is, of course, exchange it if you have the gift receipt. But fret not, you have two other good options if you don't. The classic thing to do is pay it forward and re-gift it. You could either give it to charity or somebody you don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, probably give it to somebody you do know. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember not to give it back to the person who gave you the gift. That's the key thing. That would be helpful for sure. Mm-hmm. Your other option is you could resell it on eBay, Amazon, or Facebook. But if you do Facebook, just make sure the person who you gave the gift to doesn't see it because they might be your Facebook friend and they could actually see that you list re- relisted that gift. So probably keep it to the other 
places yeah if sell it that's that's actually funny yeah i i didn't even think about that because you have the marketplace on facebook now yeah. so uh that would be quite the scenario actually <laughs> but yeah i agree the only good thing about the facebook is that you don't have any like fees or anything if you sell it oh interesting oh okay at least for now i mean it's fee free i don't know if that'll change in the future okay so you might have to just kind of mess up a friendship and then just get that cash (laughs) or just sell it really quickly before they even see it true true it sells like hotcakes i love it okay (laughs) so let's get to the topic for today I think feelings are a very funny topic to discuss because I think it's something that we all go through each and every day, right? We're happy and then we're sad and then we're energized, then we're enraged, then we're depressed and it goes on and on and on. In fact, uh, do you know how many emotions there really are? Yeah, there's actually a ton of them. There's actually a grand total of three. (laughs) Happy, sad, and neutral. Everything else is just levels to it or combination of those base emotions. That's to me at least. For example, Mm. anger could be just a heightened level of sadness. Fascinating, fascinating. Well, actually, I can't... (laughs) Actually? (laughs) Yes. uh... So emotions are a thing of science now. Yes, yes they are. According to a recent Forbes article written by Bruce Y. Lee, he shares a study that was published in the Proceedings of National Academy of Sciences. Wait a second, are you just, you're kidding with people right now? With the author? Excuse you, his name is Bruce Y. Lee. <laughs> no, and, no, his name is not. Yes, it is. This scientist is not Bruce Lee. Or He's I don't not know what a is scientist. He's okay. a contributor to Forbes, and you can go to WokenFree.com to click on the article. Excuse you. By the, the great legend, legendary Bruce Lee. Not that Bruce Lee, a different Bruce Lee. Oh, so not the martial arts master. No, I'll, you know, I can't speak for this man. I know his contribution on Forbes. I don't, I don't know what else he does. I know people ask, time. I know people do ask him when he shows them his and driver's people license. people ask me, Natasha Nurse, are you a nurse? And I say, hey, Alex Baker, are you a baker? Stop the foolishness. Okay, come on. <laughs> That's like being named Michael Jordan. Exactly. People are going to ask you. They're definitely going to make Michael the connection. Is Michael B. Jordan the great uh, basketball player? No, he's not. He's a phenomenal actor. But the first question that people probably ask him is, are you related to Michael Jordan, the legendary Bulls player? Mm-hmm. And he probably gives them choice words. <laughs> <laughs> well, he needs to control his emotions instead oh, of choice no! words. Coming for Michael B. Jordan. Oh, no. He doesn't mean it. <laughs> He seems like a calm guy. So he does. Know. He seems very in control of his emotions. And unlike you, <laughs> currently struggling with yours, I'm going to continue on with what I was saying, which is according to this uh, study that was published in the Proceedings of National Academy of Sciences, that is, um, they actually identify 27 distinct categories of emotions. So your your theory of three doesn't quite uh, fit up. Well, so, remember, <laughs> you could build off my three. Mine are just bases. Okay. Okay. So that, that's well yeah there are basic emotions and they're more like complex emotions but this study speaks to like emotions that we feel like admiration or adoration or anxiety awkwardness boredom confusion craving disgust fear horror nostalgia romance sadness literally 27 of them so uh to say the least people have a lot going on (laughs) on the inside and uh it's it's something to really think about is there an emotion most commonly expressed then? Hmm. Okay, so I would say before doing some research, I would say anger <laughs> or uh, um, maybe frustration. But actually, I was surprised. A recent thread on Reddit asked therapists to name problems which many people face 
And these therapists and psychiatrists filled the thread with accounts of people feeling judged and out of place and worried about their family relationships. And many were sharing kind of the stigma or laying bare how the stigma surrounding mental health leads many people to bottle up their issues because they feel ashamed and abnormal. And to be honest, I feel like this makes sense. A lot of people feel very much out of place or they don't fit in or they feel different from their counterparts in whether it's their personal lives, their work environment, their family life. And what's so interesting is the fact that we all are feeling so alone that that's actually what unites us and that, you know, if people would talk about our emotion, emotional state of beings, that we would really unite and have more commonality than than focusing on what makes us different from each other. But what do you think, love? Well, so what emotion is that? Like loneliness or... What I is guess, that? yeah, like what's loneliness, the um, I think uh, fear <coughs> of not fitting in, um, probably anxiety, right? Oh, of, anxiety of, is of, the one? Of dealing, I mean, I think it's saying a couple of things. There's a mo- But either way, that people are feeling not uh, okay, right? Like not in a happy state <laughs> would be a, a common feeling. Unhappy then? I guess you could. I think that the, the Reddit, I mean, why don't hmm. we ask the people to go to the article and see the I thread guess, themselves? Yeah, I guess they can see. Mm-hmm. The emotion that I think that might not be displayed, but it's definitely there all the time. And it's actually present in every living organism. It's the emotion of fear. Mm-hmm. Fear is the animal instinct that helps us survive. It prevents us from continually putting ourselves in harm's way and also motivates us to craft things to improve our chances of survival. You know, it's a jungle out there. So without fear, I don't think we'd be alive. That helps keep us alive. It's fear. <laughs> I agree. I think fear is a really good motivator for uh, some people. It wakes them up in other ways. Sometimes it shuts them down, but it, it is, does. Yeah. it's an ongoing uh, thing that we all uh, feel. It could be good or bad. I know people like to think of it as bad a lot of times, but mm-hmm. it's not, it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So how can you tell if someone is in control of their feelings? I think it's a mixed bag, really. I mean, some people suppress their emotions, but are they truly in control of it? Is there really any research on this, though? I mean, mm-hmm. is, I don't know. Is, what, what? How do you know if somebody really does have control? So I thought that was an interesting question to pose because, yeah, like, what's the rubric of control? I mean, does it differ in on a, like a subjective level or are there things that we all would be doing if we're in control of our feelings? And Alyssa Latris uh, shared in a Huffington Post article this year, actually, uh, stating seven things that people with emotional control don't do. So these seven things include they don't ignore their feelings they don't neglect how their feelings affect their bodies they don't simply reject emotions without working through them they don't disregard the activating events to their feelings they don't disregard the thoughts they were having before the emotion they don't ignore the consequences of acting on emotional impulse and they don't continue repeating unhelpful emotional pattern. So do you agree or disagree with this being kind of a good test for what emotionally stable people, uh, you know, do and don't do? This, I mean, the list seems like it wants you to be super emotional. It's just like, like get in mm-hmm. touch with your emotions and kind of like uh, indulge in it to figure things out. I don't know. I mean, to me, it seems like this is just saying be emotional, not really control your emotions, but Really? I guess bind with it. Yeah, because it's saying don't ignore the feeling. So how won't you ignore it? You're going to have to like flare that emotion up now. You can't if you I mean to say that 
you're in control of it and you're you're not going to ignore it. I don't know. That seems like I don't know. How can you? I mean, how are you going to really control it? If like I I, I, I think I, to I don't control something you have to acknowledge is, it is right. It's kind of like an animal. If you had an animal and you're training an animal to control the animal, you have to. Re- a, recognize that it's there and then recognize what you need it to do. And I think that that's what she's speaking to. And the fact that we all are, you're going to have emotional responses, whether you want to or not. And so to the best way to control them would be to acknowledge them, then to acknowledge what are the events affecting these emotions? What are the consequences of you responding, right? It's, and, it's and, great to say all that stuff, but all it seems like it does is it's going to bring things to surface that you'll never be able to get over. I don't think, I mean, Mm -hmm. you can do this, but realistically, people try this and they don't get over their emotions. It makes them even more emotional. That's interesting. I mean, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that works. So you disagree with this test. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think it, like, if you really go through that stuff, I think this can make you more emotional of a person because now you're going to really think about certain things. Are are you going to look too deeply into stuff and not just like brush off your shoulders? Like, you know, you, you feel a little dirt, just brush your shoulders off. Like, some things are small. Well, that's like, don't sweat placating. the small stuff. That's placating. I mean, it depends. It depends on what, what how in touch you want to be. But again, this isn't a test about whether you're emotional. This isn't a test of whether you are in control of your emotions. Thus, I guess you maybe would be you're... emotional to be in control It of just them. seems like this wouldn't help you with controlling it, though. I don't know. This, Interesting. It seems like, you're, you know, it's kind of like opening Pandora's box. It's like, ooh, what's inside here? Oh, so I got this emotion because of that event. Why did that event happen to me? Why does mm-hmm. this... It seems like this always... Like, it just seems like you're opening up, like, a bag of whatever. It, it's, mm. it seems dangerous. It seems like a dangerous thing. I mean, I wouldn't... I would never recommend people to follow this. But that's just me, though. I mean... People can do how they want. Well, Alyssa, think- if you're tuning in, we would love to hear your thoughts on your article. Because personally, I, I agree with you. I think that emotions have to be tamed. And I think that you need to work through them each and every time. You're feeling them. Otherwise, if you just keep burying them under the rug, your rug will not be, a, you won't be able to walk on it at a certain point. And I think a lot of people do the whole, oh, it's not a big deal. And then they have breakdowns 10 years later. That's and it's true. like, maybe you should have just dealt with it when it was actually happening. As opposed to just like, oh, I'll deal with it later. Because guess what? Later never comes and then you're an emotional wreck and then you're you know sitting and you're act, acting asking for applesauce in a stray jacket it doesn't make any sense yeah. like <laughs> all right do you believe most people are in control of their emotion hell no based on this conversation alone <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that wifey it's clear people are not in control of their emotions people i'm, I'm sorry about that wifey. yeah i bet i i think that people are completely not in control of your emotions. We wouldn't have impulse shopping. We wouldn't have passion crimes. We wouldn't have people exploding because they didn't have brown sugar for their latte. People are out of control more times than not. Oh, I thought you were going a different way with that. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not like, going to mention. What do you mean? Well, two, it could have gone two different ways. Okay. But the one way I'm not going to mention, but the other way is in terms of... Uh, Be the, woke and free. Go ahead. Uh, well, the other way, I thought you were talking kind of about, like about terrorists exploding, like that kind of thing. Oh. Well, I mean, that's a that's a wonderful point. Yes, exactly. Do you think if people were in control of their emotions, we'd have terrorism? Like, obviously, people are completely out of whack when yeah. it comes to their emotional state of being. But no, don't hold a dirty secret. What was that's the other way? A, that's not a, uh, the other way. It's not a dirty <laughs> secret. <laughs> that's Come not on. a secret of mine that's just if your mind's in the gutter and you're oh, talking, you're talking about, about sex <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about exploding and stuff i don't oh, know I th- oh no I thought you're talking about people being like dirty in the food industry and doing bad things to lattes what kind 
kind of day is this, guys? I don't. I forget. Are <laughs> you talking about the putting stuff in it that they should? Well, yes, exactly. Another reasons why people are not. Um, if you're emotionally controlled, you would not put dirty things in people's food. You would not. Yeah, have situations where you're, you know, having to do things with yourself just because you can't control yourself. Like, yes, all sorts of <laughs> reasons why people are not in control of themselves. And, you know, I would personally attest to coming from a very dynamic Jamaican family that I've been a witness to many different emotions. And, you know, I think that it's clear to me uh, that most people definitely need to work on having control and taming their beasts inside. But what do you think? (laughs) Most people act on their emotions and they don't think logically about their actions. I Mm -hmm. think the real kicker is that they pretend that they're making calculated, rational decisions. And they use it as an excuse for their actions. Like beating their children. Yeah. It's it's pretty terrible. This is not a calculated emotion. This is you being buck wild. Yeah. Yeah. They say (laughs) it's for the the kids, right? It's It's all for the good Spare the child, spare the rod, all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although many people think with their hearts, they don't actually realize they're doing it. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the problem. Don't think with your hearts. You have a brain for a reason. True facts you speak. How do you think people's emotions affect their lives then? It weaves itself into like every facet of people's lives. For mm-hmm. example, if you cry at the drop of, the ha- of a hat, mm-hmm. then this could be very uncomfortable for your coworkers. Learning that your insurance premiums are increasing by 3%. Versus the past year is not a reason to open the floodgates. Please don't do that at work. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Um, There are, yeah, there are definitely a lot of uh, clear examples as to why our emotions have a great impact on our life. First, uh, I want to point to familydoctor.org, and you can find the link on WokenFree.com. They say, your body responds to the way you think, feel, and act. This is one type of mind-slash-body connection. When you are stressed, anxious, or upset, your body reacts in a way that might tell you that something isn't right. For example, you develop high blood pressure or a stomach ulcer after a particularly stressful event, such as the death of a loved one, right? So they, that is very, very true, that our bodies talk to us, and what we think and feel gets affected and, and kind of played out in our bodies. Also, on an interesting article on live science, also on WokenFree.com, They talk about the fact that like, for example, love, right? When we're in love, does, do we have an effect? Does that affect our lives? It does. In a January, 2014, um, research like they found that being in love makes food and drink even tasteless distilled water seem sweeter right so that 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 the feeling of love actually gets played out in what we're in other things that we're doing like eating or drinking that's why all my food tastes really sweet Mm -hmm. exactly good good interjection there every day of my life yep everything sweet as ever since ever since the day i met you Mm -hmm. i found everything to taste super sweet I, I never totally, knew. You, you've given me the reason now. Yep, I totally believe you. <laughs> now remember, you need to have control of your emotions and think logically about what I just said to you. I'll go through my steps. <laughs> yes. Have control, as uh, Alyssa was saying. Yes, exactly. And then also, like, they, in the Live Science article, they mentioned, like, loneliness is cold. So, for instance, in a research that was published in 2008, which is a little bit dated, so I don't know if it's, you know, if they've updated it since then, but scientists induced loneliness or feelings of acceptance in volunteers by asking them to remember the time they were excluded or included. They then asked to estimate the temperature in the room, and those 
induced to feel loneliness estimated the room to be four degrees Fahrenheit colder on average than those who were feeling accepted. So by feeling lonely, they actually feel like the room is colder, which is uh, well, seems very dramatic. Yeah, I, I use that trick in summer all the time. It actually cools my body down. So if it's really hot, I just think about all the lonely things I can think about. You're and a I hot actually, mess. It helps me out. I cool off. This is how I control my body temperature. You're a fool and a half. So I definitely believe this study because <laughs> I use I use this in my daily living. Khalil, stop it. Stop telling people. <laughs> you know, oh, so lonely. <laughs> no, but it's it's a good it's a good means. So if you're just really hot. Just think of lonely thoughts, and now you can cool off. In my own little corner, in my own little world. Now I people can are learning how to control the temperature. I want to be. Look, you know what we're doing? We're actually saving their them money on their air conditioning bills. Now you can shut off the AC and just feel lonely. Please disregard that statement, guys. It's just a thought, though. I don't know. That sounds like a nice way to save some money over that the summer. That sounds like a way you're asking people to self-harm themselves. Well, don't harm yourself. Just... <laughs> Try to be a little bit lonelier in the summer. Oh, Jesus, please ask a question. (laughs) I can't. I can't. Move. Move on. How do you personally control your own emotions? Mm. So I think that most people don't do the right thing all the time. But if you try to do something good the right all, most of the time, then that would mean trying to be emotionally stable as much as possible. And for me personally, I would say the best way that I achieve this is by thinking about my emotions and the consequences of actions. For So to like kind of give an example, say somebody comes to me and says something crazy, right? They're either rude or they're just kind of out of line. The first thing I would do is if I wanted to be emotionally stable to this, then I would think about, well, why is the person saying this? Kind of what are their uh, motivators? What is the benefit of me responding, not responding? What are the consequences of me responding equally crazy or on a more controlled level? And then deciding how to proceed. And so that's how I would kind of calculate. And similar to what I mentioned earlier by the Huffington Post article, go through a series of steps in my own head before deciding to respond. Respond instead of just, you know, if I wanted to be emotionally unstable, then just clap back and totally disregard, you know, what what could happen from that. But I would not do that. I would try to think about how the emotions and my emotional response would play a role in what what the next steps are. So I personally think I am more emotionally in control than not, but am I perfect? Am I perfect? No, definitely not. Uh, I think that when people choose to be emotionally irrational, it's because they want to, because I think that emotions are controllable. It's it's not uncontrollable situations happening in our world. So if you get out of line, it's because you want to be out of line. But that's my opinion, dearest. So I love these uh, fairy tales that you tell. Mm-hmm. They're very endearing mm-hmm. and they warm my heart. I hope they warm the <laughs> listeners' heart as well. Uh, evil. You are so evil. <laughs> <laughs> You're really great at telling these different oh, stories. Oh, yeah. I'm a wonderful storyteller. Yes. yes. Yes, I am. Thank you. Kudos to you, babe. Yep. Excellent. Answer the question. <laughs> it's definitely hard for some people to control their emotions, as we've seen. But the main thing to remember is questioning why did you feel the way you felt mm-hmm. when you got that emotion? What caused this emotion? Do you enjoy this emotion? If so, then continue on with your life because <laughs> it's probably good and you want to bake in the abundance of greatness. The abundance, I can't. Yeah. Don't fret, though. 
because being happy is great. I okay. hope that's the emotion that you were feeling. Mm-hmm. I hope so. If not, realize that life will still go on and think of how you really want to feel. Then you're tasked with the journey of bringing yourself to that new emotional state. This could be certain activities such as meditating mm-hmm. or just reading a book. The key thing to remember is why are you feeling this emotion and is it helping you right now? Can you answer the question that you asked? Are you emotionally in control of yourself? <laughs> I'm giving people tips on how to control their emotions and what to think about when they do get emotional. So for me, it's mm-hmm. it's actually incredibly easy to control my emotions. By not having any. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But look, remember what, as I was saying before, you, you showed that scientific study that said the loneliness feeling could actually make you cooler. So I definitely like to employ that now and then. Mm. Cool my body temperature off. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I I stay with my neutral tone. And I think that's the best bet to go. Yeah. I just go, I just stay neutral and stay real. That's why it takes a storyteller to know another storyteller. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to learn of these emotions you speak of. And I'd like to input it into my brain. Mm. But... That will probably take a lot of time and a lot of terabytes. Okay, so we'll talk about robots in another episode. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So 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 what's the scenario? Scenario one. As you step out of your home and walk down the cobble path, you notice a stray cat across the street and squint to look at it. Not realizing your foot is slightly in the driveway, your girlfriend backs the car up right over your foot. Ouch. You scream and make your way toward the driver's side of the window. What should be the first thing you say as you hop along to have words with her? Are you kidding me, Khalil? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I would say. This is a program for children and adults. But you're really in control of your emotions. Remember that fairy tale you told us? Yeah, and I'm really in control of the fact that I like to tell people when they do wrong things. And my first words would be choice curse words. I'm sorry. I Listen, I don't like pain, and that's a choice that I make. <laughs> so I would cuss her out probably, and then I would ask her to please take me to the hospital and please pay <laughs> for any incurred costs <laughs> for damaging my foot and any type of surgery one would need for that. That's my response. All right. My, my response is a lot more exciting than yours. Mm. So I, I'd hobble over to the window, and I'd say, You've made an awful mistake. Mm. I think you've run over my foot. Mm. Could you please not run over my foot ever again? Oh. And that would be my response okay, to Okay, so you had, like, you ran, you live, Very in, exciting. You live in England and <laughs> <laughs> Good you day. properly uh, address the situation without screaming or without crying. I, or... I already screamed outside of the car, so when I make my way over, I'm mm. going to let her know what happened and how this could be prevented in the future. Mm, by learning to never drive again, yeah. Yeah, over someone's foot. Mm -hmm. Don't drive over someone's foot. But you just got to be very calm when you talk. Don't lose your tempo. Mm. Or your temper, probably. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Your tempo's messed up because your foot just got ran ran over. So (laughs) that'd be a problem. I'm sticking to my guns. So you're going to curse at this long-time girlfriend of yours. Yep, I'm going to cuss her ass out first. And then... (laughs) Even though, I mean, it might be... It's partially your fault, too, because why'd you put your foot out in the driveway... Like, you shouldn't have done that. You I made a mistake. You see this victim shaming that's going on? I'd be mad at Listen myself, to too. I'd be last... like, why did I stick my foot out there? <laughs> you got to take some blame. 
But we could say it's like a 10%, 90% blame, but either way. This is a no-fault state, guys. <laughs> <laughs> She's in the wrong, and that's the end of that. Well, some of our <laughs> listeners ha- don't have that no-fault issue, so mm, they got to okay. they gotta figure out fault. So gotcha. that's why they got to decide what they're going to mm-hmm. do. They can re- react in my way, which is very exciting, or they can react in your boring way. Yeah, my boring way, which gets a nice, good amount of F-word bombs and uh, S-bombs. Oh. And, yep. The salty. whole gamut comes out. Watch Fr- where you're driving, chick. Front door, salty. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you're going to say some nice things there. All sorts of wonderfulness. Yep. Beamer. Beamer, Benz, and Bentley. Mm-hmm. Lots of B-words. Yes. Scenario two. You waited all year to get these cool wireless earbuds from that trillion-dollar company that everyone loves. Your friend, Courtney, knew how much you loved them, so would get them for you for that very special holiday. Little did Courtney know, they are sold out everywhere on the morning of your favorite gift holiday. (laughs) You go right for Courtney's gift, but notice, it's smaller than what you expected. You open it and find out it's actually a gift card from a green robot company. What do you do? What? (laughs) (laughs) I can't with you, Khalil. Nope. You're crazy. Um, I mean, I feel like the the right emotional response is to thank her for the gift. I mean, yeah, maybe you're disappointed and you thought she was going to get you something else. But, like, don't be, like, a shitty person, right? A gift is a gift. And, like, we as we started the episode, if you like it, then use it. And if you don't, then figure out a way to move on with it. But I don't think being mean or mad at her is in any way appropriate. I think a gift is a gift and you should be grateful. We should be grateful for everything we have in this world. So here's the interesting thing. If you're buying somebody a gift and you tell them that you're going to get it and then you find out you can't get it, mm-hmm. do you let them know that you like, do you tell them in advance, like, sorry, I really wanted to get your gift, but I couldn't. Or do you just, you don't tell them and then you just surprise them as this person did in the scenario. They were surprised that they didn't get their gift because mm-hmm. their friend told them, Courtney said, I'll get you the gift. So mm-hmm. should Courtney then tell, tell you like, Hey, I couldn't find it. Or is that um, right what Courtney did? That's what I wonder. I think that at the end of the day, you should never put yourself, like, don't commit yourself to something you can't uh, fulfill, right? So make sure that when you tell someone, hey, I'm getting you that special gift, you already have it in your home. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that way it's like nice. super clear. Because again, what, are, what did she do in this scenario? She set up an expectation for her friend. So why are you going to disappoint your friend unnecessarily? Like, think in advance, right? That she acted too hastily when she had done that. So had she had done the right thing the first in in the initial case then we wouldn't be dealing with this green robot company but, <laughs> um, because she messed up then you need to own your you have to own your mess ups and so when she realized it was sold out everywhere she probably should have just sent her a text message and been like listen chick i love you couldn't get the gift it's sold out everywhere i got you something else but let's go for drinks on friday right and like true smooth it out that way that's a good option so i just for this scenario i'm just gonna Ask listeners if they know what I'm referencing when I'm talking about the trillion dollar company that everyone loves or the green robot company. Please share that in the comments. Let us know who you think those companies are. I'm not going to give any more hints on who that is, but you can figure that out. Green robot company. Good luck, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Scenario three. You just lost your best friend you've ever known, Mm. your dog, Max. Max was there from since you moved out of your parents' house. Max knew when you were down and would always cheer you up. When is the right time to talk to others about what happened, if ever, and when should you start working again? You mean like at your job? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know where else you work. Hopefully okay. it's hopefully it's uh-huh. a real place of employment. So you took off time because Max passed. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is your best friend, and so Max lived with you. And you're is in this your, vacation your time or is this actual leave time for <laughs> that's other? <laughs> no, you don't job. actually have vacation time. Oh, so this is unpaid time off? Yeah, you're taking unpaid time. Oh, this time. is a hot mess. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you're living on your own now. You're out oh, of your parents' house. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, okay. Um, Max died during the week? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> hump day Wednesday. Oh, okay. Um, So I would say then you're going to have to, if you can afford it, then take off Thursday, Friday, start back again Monday. Um, So oh, let's- So let's, two days off. Yeah. You You think that's good enough? All right. I mean, it's not good enough. Listen, I, I deeply love our pets. I- uh, JJ, our dog, and Toby, our cat, uh, means everything to us. We are pet parents, first and foremost, and that's all we have right now. So, uh, you know, I think the loss of a pet is uh, an unforgettable loss, and it's a grievance that will never leave you. Your pet is with all... You, you've lost a pet, right? You yeah. know what that, that feeling is. You live with that forever. Um, but you also have to, you know, have light and uh, water, and you have to live somewhere. So <laughs> we have to keep that in mind from the for the work conversation piece of it. So I would say give yourself a a couple of days and that you know into the weekend and you know try to get yourself together for work but when it comes to talking to people that's a personal decision for me uh i don't i don't believe facebook is my diary.com online so i preach that to people that know me i think that you said you snapchat Nope, I don't do that really <laughs> that much either. I think, listen, everyone has to figure out how they want to use social media for their purposes. Personally, I don't believe in like airing out all your stuff on online like that. I think you should share things that are meaningful in your life, but I don't think you should share everything if it doesn't make you comfortable. For me, losing a pet, maybe I would share it, maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I would call people about it, maybe I wouldn't. I'm also not a fan of having to like explain my life <laughs> to friends over and over again because it, it's going to rehash the oh he died how did he die whoa how are you feeling right there are no words for this so um it, it depends it, it, i guess it, for me i i probably would only share it with people who were in my circle who knew about max and knew he was sick and then if they asked me what happened then i would respond but i'm not going to go around sending text messages about my dead dog like to me that I, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't want to do that. Or but posting that's... pictures on Facebook and yeah. writing, like, a long eulogy or something. Yeah, no, I mean, maybe if it made me feel better, then maybe I would do it. But if it if it's going to make me feel sadder and I'm going to indulge in the sadness, I, I don't see the value of that. I think you everyone has to handle their emotional state of being how they want. And for me, I want to, I would probably, I mean, I know some people might think this crazy, but I would probably, after, lay, like, putting Max down, I would probably go and adopt another animal because for us, animals adopting gives them you're giving this pet a home and in tribute to my love for max i would you know take another animal and you know obviously not call him max too but like um you know remember i wouldn't i wouldn't want to just live my sad life forever like that right animals are supposed to add joy but that was a very long response what's your response If it was a Wednesday when it happened, then yeah, I'd take the two days off. But if it was a Monday, I'd probably just take the one day off. And even that day, I would start talking to people. I would never post on Facebook about it, but I would like talk to others about it. I definitely, Mm -hmm. I'll I'll talk, I'll just let them know what happened and Mm. hear their opinion on it. But Mm -hmm. that's pretty much that. I wouldn't wait around. Would you go and text everybody who's (laughs) your friend? You'd go and text everybody that Max is dead. Yeah, I let them know. Oh God. I I don't know if I could do that because it's like the same conversation over and over again. Like Yeah. Ugh. They gotta know. Mm -mm. At least in my opinion. Oh, okay. Well we we kinda ended on a sad note, but (laughs) 
<laughs> so we started off really excited and then we ended in a very sad kind of <laughs> depressed state but we are at that time again uh it is the end of our 17th episode of woke, woke and free uh beautiful <laughs> Gets better each time. Exactly. And this episode was emotional, to say the least. <laughs> and we talked about emotions, uh, whether we're really in control of them. Uh, I think even based on our answers, I don't even <laughs> I think it's obvious that no one is. Uh, oh, no, really? <laughs> yes, especially because you responded that way. <laughs> and now... Oh, we have to decide if I'm going to leave you hanging for what our next episode will be about. On our next episode, we will be discussing tattoos. Why do we get them? Are they harmful for our bodies? Are they a form of self-expression? If you want to find out, make sure you follow us on social media to follow along in the conversation. And make sure you tune in next week for... Woken Free Wednesday to join the conversation at www.wokenfree.com. And if you want to be a guest on the show, and we are uh, scheduling guests uh, left and right, so make sure you join in on our calendar for coming our uh, upcoming episodes. Submit a topic uh, for an episode at www.wokenfree.com on the contact us page. And of course, we're super active on social media. Can't wait to hear your thoughts about the tattoo episode that's going to be coming up. And uh, hit us up, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Woken Free. If you didn't already subscribe, please do share the episode and make sure you come back to join the conversation every Wednesday for Woken Free Wednesdays. Hope you're enjoying the holidays. Till next time.